Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, where after a fortnight focused on tragic losses and boardroom dramas, wrestling showed once again why when it's done right, it's a form of art that nothing else can compare to. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster joined each and every week by professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. And Charlie, what a time, what a time to be a fan. Let's dive straight into it. The Royal Rumble has been and gone and it delivered. It was really good, wasn't it? Really, really, really good rumble this year. Um, just the whole bloodline thing was perfect. I can't even talk about the whole show. I'll get to that later. It was just, it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't how I thought they'd do it. And it was just perfect. Let's get into it. For anyone who's been living under a rock, I can't imagine you've not seen it. But if you've not, it was an all-time classic of a rumble, at least for me. More than 50,000 on hand in the Alamo Dome in Texas. And it finally happened after a brutal borderline disturbing beatdown of Kevin Owens in the main event. Sammy Zayn finally drilled Roman Reigns with a steel chair before being swarmed by the bloodline, but no <clears throat> Jay Uso who refused to participate and walked out. Before you tell me your reaction, how did you watch it? Were you up live? Not for that. I watched the men's rumble live and then I was just so tired after playing. So I had to go to bed. So I got up early on Sunday morning and I watched, I skipped straight to the main event and then I watched the rest of it back later that day. But I, I watched it completely unspoiled. What about you? I had to work on the Sunday, so I got up at five. I, I, I turned it on and the fact the men's rumble was on first... And I think we said on the last episode, if the men's rumble goes on first, something's going on in the main event. So I had to watch a men's rumble and then I skipped through to the main event and got to that end bit just as the chair was being handed to Sami Zayn. And I was literally, literally on the edge of my seat because you knew as soon as that chair was handed in, something's going down. Yeah, I remember obviously when you don't watch it live, you can see how long's left in the show. So when the match finished, it was like 15 minutes left. And I was like, right, well, something's happening here. And because I genuinely was on spot, I was like, is the rock coming out? Is there a term? What's going on? So that genuine anticipation, it was the best it's been in a while. I was so pleased I did see it unspoiled. So the, the moment there, and then that pop when he does it, and I absolutely didn't think it would be Sammy turning on the bloodline. I absolutely thought they'd turn on him. So that shocked me. And then just the cinematography of it, was stunning. And I'm not a big film or cinematography nerd, but anyone who's a wrestling fan, you were straight away taken back to Seth Rollins hitting Roman Reigns with a chair in the break of the shield. The way it was shot was just perfect. And then just everyone's reaction. Oh, it was, it was incredible. It was art. It was, for, it is a crime that wrestling doesn't get nominated for your Emmys, your Golden Globes, your things like that, because that is art. What we, we saw there. And what I loved, as you said, what I loved is that we'd anticipated this moment for so long. And when it finally arrived, it could have gone so badly wrong. There were so many expectations. Is it going to be The Rock? Are they going to beat up Sammy? Is Kevin Owens going to turn on Sammy? How is it going to go? None of us predicted this. And yet it was amazing. Yeah, it was just exquisite. I think... The man not being mentioned, Kevin Owens played his part perfectly. And that was a horrible beatdown. So that must have been hurt, a hurt in the morning. So he was excellent. Jey Uso walking out, didn't see that. If you want to understand why, G, this is why I was looking at my phone a second ago. 
if you want to understand a little bit more why Jey Uso walked out, go and find, and this is a brilliant Twitter name. This is the first time you've actually remembered to credit someone as well. I know, but I've, it's that good. I thought I really had to. Hollywood J Black of SB Sports. <laughs> at Hollywood J Black, but Black spelled with a Q at the end. Okay. On Twitter has done an amazing thread on why Jay has turned and why he sides with Sammy and what he sees in Sammy. So go and check that out. I'm not going to try and explain it to you because that man does it far better than me. Myth Gist was all over it on Twitter because of course she was. She's brilliant with all this stuff. There's been so much. I don't think... Can you think of the last thing you saw on Twitter wrestling related talked about this much? And I've had lads at training come and ask me what's happening with it because they've seen it. It's, it's coming across on mainstream Twitter, not just wrestling Twitter. Boys are like, what's happening with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn? I'm like, ah, lads, sit down. I'm going to explain. It is absolutely true. I cannot remember anything that has captured the imagination of the public like this because it's storytelling. And in an era of wrestling where so many people are getting thrown through one table, two table, flaming tables, we're getting hour-long Iron Man matches, we're getting no-holds-barred, we're getting cinematic matches. What has been the one thing that has captured people's attention more than anything? One chair shot protected to the back. And why has it worked? Because of story. This has been two years of story, and it just shows that the right story... And there hasn't been a better story than this in a decade, I would say. Big claim, but I'd go with that. Just, it delivers. It's what wrestling's all about. I always talk about my two great long-term storyline bookings of um, Gargano and um, Champa in NXT. And I always talk about that whole Taker, Triple H, Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25 through to WrestleMania 28. They're my two... Um, real elite level of long-time story uh, storytelling. This absolutely goes up there with them and maybe at the top. Now, the up to this point, it has been perfect. It seems the plan, like you um, alluded to earlier, is Sammy versus Roman at Elimination Chamber in Montreal, in Sammy's hometown. Ah, if he loses and you think they're going to have him lose, I just don't know how that's going to go. What would you do? Gun to your head now, because now it's not ifs, buts and maybes, okay? It's not a what's going to happen. It, it has happened. And we've seen Sami Zayn on his social media play this up, the picture of all the bloodline paraphernalia in the bin outside his house. And now we know that Sami Zayn and the bloodline are no more. We know we've got Chamber. We know we've got Mania. And we know we've got Cody Rhodes, who's earned that title shot. What do you do? It's really hard. <laughs> it really is. But I'm a big believer in you've got to strike while the iron's hot. And no one can tell me this was the plan for Sami Zayn. This has happened organically, like Daniel Bryan did, like Kofi Kingston did. I'd have him beat him at Elimination Chamber. Interesting. Really? Now, I know... Sammy Cody isn't the big main event match you're looking for. I don't know where I don't know where Roman lands at Mania then. No idea. Maybe you go triple threat then. Maybe you go triple threat then. I oh. I I smell a triple threat, Charlie. I smell a triple threat because as you said, timing is everything. At some point it will be the right time for Cody Rhodes to triumphantly win the WWE Championship. Is that time now? Does it have to be now? Is, is it a must-happen now? No, 
But is it a must-happen now for Sami Zayn? I think it is. I'd have Sami Zayn win at Elimination Chamber, and then I would have Sami and Roman destroy each other in the triple threat, be hell-bent on destroying each other, and let Cody Rhodes pick the carcasses. Ooh. Ooh, that's a different take. And Cody Rhodes does win at Mania. Because that's where they're going, and that, that's where they want to get to. Cody Rhodes is meant to be the man to dethrone Roman Reigns. Cody Rhodes is going to be the face of the company going forward. They, I truly believe, want to need Cody Rhodes to win the title of Mania. Is a two-month reign, is that what Sami Zayn deserves for the work he's done the last year? Absolutely not. No chance. Do I think there'll be more, more title reigns in his future because of what he's done now? Yes, I do. I think there's a very interesting story to tell there. Do I think Cody Rhodes is the right man to dethrone Roman Reigns? No, I genuinely believe it's Sami Zayn. I've been campaigning for this for a while, and the storyline has just made me think this even more. I would have just imagine that crowd in Montreal if he won. Oh my god! Okay, we've spoken about forever. So imagine the crowd in Montreal if he wins. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Imagine the crowd in Montreal. If he loses, if we have Sami Zayn screwed, and I, I don't mean screwed as in I don't want a sharpshooter, ring the bell, screw job finish, but I mean something happens to screw Sami Zayn out of that title in Montreal. The heat, the heat, we will have seen nothing like it. I absolutely think that he has to look like that's about to happen and then Kevin Owens comes down and saves him. But, but herein is the problem, I think. Sami Zayn wins in Montreal, and it's the biggest wrestling title change in a decade. Sami Zayn loses in Montreal, and it's the biggest heat we've seen in wrestling for a decade. No one's talking about Cody, which is why I think we have to go for a triple threat with Roman defending at WrestleMania, and you do Cody, Sami, Roman. Because that is the only way to keep Cody relevant in this bizarre way. You can't just go, oh, bad luck, Sammy. You got screwed in Montreal, but off you go to face the Usos. Or, well done, Sammy. Now you've got this title thing. You have to incorporate Cody into the bloodline story rather than separate out, in my opinion. So would you not have uh, Sammy versus Roman in at Elimination Chamber? I would, but I would use it as a form of storytelling. I, I would have it, and I would build it like this huge Mania main event, like they did for Drew at Clash at the Castle, and I would have Sammy get screwed somehow. Maybe Jey Uso screws him over. So And so then we think we're set for Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania, and Sammy somehow finds a way in, like we saw with Triple H and Daniel Bryan back at WrestleMania yeah. 30. That's what I would do. And I think it's almost as a parallel to be drawn there. And you can call it Sami Zania. Oh, well, it's done. It has to happen just, now. Just imagine this, by the way, because I, I like that a lot, but picture this. Yep, okay. He wins at Elimination Chamber with the help of um, KO comes in and super kicks uh, Solo Sokoa to stop him take out. Something like that, okay? Yep. And Celebration the Ring... And KO's got him triumphantly up that, and they get out the ring to walk up the ramp together, and everyone suddenly goes, oh, no, we've seen this before in NXT, and he powerbombs him on the apron, what's going to happen? And the worry in the arena at that moment. I don't know if he does it or not, but just imagine that moment of anticipation. Everyone's like, KO's going to screw him again. What uh, It would be amazing. What I love is this, to me, doesn't feel like Batista back when. 
when no one wanted that, everyone wanted Daniel Bryan to win. I, I think there are ways they can get themselves through this because Cody isn't Batista, with all respect to Batista, who's a Hall of Famer. Cody is someone the fans do back. But there's the difference between the pop for Sammy's winning the title and the pop for Cody winning the title. And I, I just think you've got two good options, but one is so clearly better. I think with... Cody. So let, let's say they go with the triple threat. Mm. So Roman or Sammy win at Elimination Chamber. By the way, they're making Elimination Chamber must watch. Oh, I would happily just... just skip past that normally. I might be staying up for that now. Mm. Um, let's say whoever wins, we, and let's say we get the triple threat, they have to lean in so hard to the emotional side of Cody Rhodes winning this for his dad, for his family, for everything. They've got to really put that on us so that when or if he does win, there is still the pop of, we are so happy Cody's won because of X, Y, and Z. I don't think you can do that. I just don't... Co Cody has been... Re You're right, that's what you have to try, but I just think Cody has been monumentally screwed by timing. Nothing Cody has done wrong. It, it is not his... He's like... And you'll know this from sport. You, you're the... um. You're the star scrum half. You're the star quarterback. You're the guy with all the talent and you get injured and you're on the shelf for nine months and the guy comes up from the reserves and suddenly the team can't stop winning. And then you're back to full fitness. You're on the bench and the coach turns around and goes, I'm sorry, you've not done anything, but how do I drop this guy? How do I not make this guy the guy? And I just don't see how they can do anything more compelling with Cody in the, what do we got, six weeks? two months to WrestleMania than they can do than paying off the two-year bill to Sammy. And that's where it's the, like you say, rubbish timing for Cody. Yeah. Really rubbish. But there's... Cody Rhodes is going to be WWE champion at some point. Yes. I think we're all signed off on that. Tell the story of he can't get it. Yes. He just can't get it and he keeps falling at the final hurdle. And sometimes it's not his fault and sometimes it is his fault. And the only way you can do it is to cheat. And there you go. That, that's what we've solved it, I think. This is what I think Cody has to turn heel. That's what I would do. I think you lean into it, but God, wrestling's amazing. Just all these options are amazing. Let's not underwrite how ballsy it was for WWE at one of their temple of pole events in the main event, in a dome, to not put a rumble on last, to put on the payoff of an angle. I can't remember the last time they did that. And, and you and I have been watching wrestling for such a long time when they put an angle at the end of a pay-per-view, let alone a big four pay-per-view. Yeah, massive moment. Well, I was hooked on the rumble straight as I was sat there with my, I'd, I had a beer and some snacks. I was like, right, here we go. Rumble time. And the first time was Pat McAfee came out and I was like, brilliant. This is amazing. And then I thought it was even better the next morning when I found out that Michael Cole genuinely didn't know mm. what a heartwarming, brilliantly lovely moment that was. And also Corey Graves slipped straight into character so quickly yeah. rather than be happy. Just being like his usual, uh, our self being like, Oh, I hate this. So that was brilliant. And then they started talking about the rumble rules and they used the word men's. I was like, I think, they put the men's rumble. And when that happened, I was like, oh, oh, okay. We're definitely ending with the title match then. And I was just hooked. Like the whole show was just brilliant. But like 
those two things happening first just hooked me straight away into the into the show and I was buzzing. It felt big. It felt amazing. Your thoughts, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley. We will talk a bit about AEW a little later in the show. I'm sure AEW fans, it's going to be mostly WWE this week because of how big the Rumble was. And let's talk about the Rumble matches. As you already know, Cody Rhodes made his triumphant return to win the Men's Royal Rumble at number 30, eliminating Intercontinental Champion Gunter, who entered number one. Rhea Ripley ran the gauntlet to win from number one in the Women's Rumble. We know she'll challenge Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. We saw the returns of Logan Paul, Edge, Asuka, Piper Niven, not Dewdrop, and others. Two great Rumble matches, Charlie. Let's start with the men. It stole the show for me. I thought it was excellent. Yes, as a match, it was the best match. The Roman Kerr match wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't an all-time classic. You're never going to talk about that match, but I think they knew that. They didn't need to put on a classic. You're always going to talk about the angle after. The men's rumble was one of the best we've had in a while. Mm. So starting with Gunther and Sheamus was brilliant. I love that those two have got a bit of a fight forever feud at the moment. Like they just get in and batter each other. Um, star making for Mr. Walter Gunther. Star making. <laughs> That's an amazing name. That is Mr. so Walter good. Gunther. Mr. Walter Gunther, um, yes, hello. Oh, do I want to see him and Brock have a proper match now? Oh. The noise in that arena for that face-off. I really enjoy, someone on Twitter called it the Big E segment, that we just had two minutes of massive men fighting. Yeah. That was an excellent little bit of the rumble. Shout out for Sheamus, who, and I'm sure it was safe, but there was one shot where they were down by the canvas and they showed Brock belly to bellying him, and and Sheamus is a pro, he knows what he's doing. To my layman's eye, it looked like he... Um, Brock just hauled him over and he was. it looked close to the top of his yeah, head. It looked like he hit his head a little bit, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, have you seen his tweet since, by the way, Seamus? No. Saying he's put four pictures of him just in the corner watching the rest of the Rumble happen and he put, brilliant to have a front row seat to the Rumble this year. <laughs> and just joking that he didn't really wrestle, he just watched the whole thing. Um, yeah, I thought that was brilliant, the Rumble. Good returns, good fun returns. Edge back, going after Don Mysterio. Good fun. Um, Dom beating up Ray to the point where Ray couldn't enter the Rumble. Yes. And then coming out in his mask. I mean, we're surely getting Dom Ray at Mania. I, I, I just, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I will. Dominic Mysterio has become must-see television for me. He just has. And when he came out to the Rumble, not only was I excited to see him, I was so entertained by what he was doing. So entertained. I was genuinely angry that he was wearing his dad's mask. Like, genuinely angered me because he's such a legend. He's such a revered character. He should be so respected, Rey Mysterio. And I'm sure he is in real life. But it made me so angry. Like, how dare you do that to Rey? But in the right way. Like, the storyline booking is perfect. That's what they want from me. So, yeah, I I thought we were going to get a face-off of them in the Rumble. But this is even better. It just builds that story more and more. Um, Like I say, Edge coming back. I think it was clever that they told us Cody was coming back. Yeah. So that when it was number 30, we all knew it was Cody because, how do I phrase this? It was a big moment, Cody coming back. It was exciting. But if we hadn't known, we all would have been hoping still for The Rock or Stone Cold or someone like that. And Cody would have been a bit like, ah. Oh. But because we knew it was Cody at 30, we all went, hey, Cody's back, and we're still happy about it. And I thought before it, I thought telling us he was coming back was silly, but then because of the way they did it, I thought it was very clever. So right, so right, because if Cody had come in at number 24, 
and you're waiting for number 30 and you, you're thinking Sami Zayn, you're thinking Stone Cold, you're, you're thinking The Rock. I saw someone on social media and the world is a big place and you can have your own opinions. I saw someone put out a tweet that essentially said, now we know Vince McMahon books better rumbles than Triple H because this Triple H rumble had no big surprises no payoff moments, no celebrities, one of the worst rumbles I've ever seen. Now, each well, to their own, but... Yeah, you are allowed your opinion, but that one's wrong. I I loved that this wasn't that rumble. What I loved was that, and, and I guess if you've been hypercritical, maybe the first sort of 10 entrants, there wasn't a huge amount, it wasn't any wow moments. But there was story and there was callbacks. We got callbacks to Rollins against Rhodes. We got the Judgment Day storyline progressed. We saw Lashley and Brock. And Brock Lesnar wasn't paid by the hour in that Royal Rumble, but that was progressed. We got Logan Paul come back. And I love that the only real legend surprise was Booker T for a hometown pop. And he looked great and then he was gone. Yeah, didn't didn't last long. Did his spinneroonie. Got there. Would have liked a scissor kick. Yes. I would have liked a scissor kick. That's all. That's my one complaint of the Rumble. Um, <laughs> well, scissoring's in AEW now, so that's where you have yes, to go. Yes, that's it. true. That's true. Uh, the, this, there's a niche somewhere for Booker in AEW, isn't there? <laughs> um, Logan Paul's really good at this. Oh. He's he, really good at this. He is. I, was I think- don't really want him to be. I honestly, can I be honest? I don't really like Logan Paul. I don't want him to be good at wrestling, but I now get excited when he comes on my screen. I rewatch the men's rumble because when you watch it early doors and you're under a bit, you, you need to look at it again. And I was watching Logan Paul, the way he carries himself in the ring. He is a natural. We always knew he was a natural from the first time he got in, but he is a natural. And I'm looking now going, do I want Logan Paul, Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I really do. I think that's going to be absolutely excellent. I will give a shout out to... <laughs> The stupidest spot I've seen in ages in wrestling. Ricochet and Logan Paul. Now, that was brutal and brilliant. I don't know what either man was attempting to achieve there, but it was, I I don't know about you, when they hit, I had a proper oof, wince moment. Yeah, it's one of those spots we'll talk about for a long, long time. Do you remember when they springboarded off each other, just smashed in the air? <laughs> it was really good. Um, oh, you've got a feel for poor Kofi. Yeah. Two years in a row, it hasn't worked because he's been let down by something else. This year, the chair fell over. Yeah. He can't really do much about it. He actually had quite a nasty bump to the head, which seems he's okay with. I've seen him tweeting and stuff since, so thankfully for that. But you've got to feel for Kofi because it's got a little bit of a thing now. I, if, he, if he doesn't get it next year, we just stop with them, I think. I liked how Michael Cole doing his job was like, oh, I think I think one foot's still up. I don't think it, it was like, he's like thrown like a bale of hay, hit his head on the corner of the announce table, looked like he may have been knocked out for a moment and Cole trying to trying to salvage it. I'm not sure the foot's touched. You think, Michael, like, he ain't getting back in that ring. Cole, he's sprawled on the floor just because his foot is in the air. I think he's eliminated. Yeah, I think he's done. Um, Just a word for Gunther and Cody, because they did a bit of a Michaels Undertaker at the end there. Mm. I thought it was really good. And Cody, it's a huge moment for him winning the Rumble. It doesn't tie up exactly, but I was looking this time last year. He was having that ladder match with Sammy Guevara in AEW, and we can overlook the fact that this time last year, if we'd have been saying Cody Rhodes is winning the Rumble and on track to main event WrestleMania, one of the founders of AEW would have seemed nonsensical. Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? It's a bonkers 12 months. 
Um, I think what we saw there with Gunther and Cody is potentially two of WWE's main event stars in the next 10 years. That, that, that I'm sure that won't be the last time we see them headlining big pay-per-views with fighting each other. I think we saw uh, a, a taste of what's to come with a feud there. I think we could all sign up to seeing more of that. And that that's the exciting thing now. You're starting to see like people who have been quote-unquote indie darlings or people who have been on the undercard before really coming into the main event of WWE now and showing what they can do and why they should be there. So it's really, really exciting at the moment, I think, in WWE. And it's always a fun part of the year around February when Mania starts to take shape and you're starting to understand the card now and we're starting to see it. Let's continue talking about the Royal Rumble. The Women's Rumble went on uh, second of the two Rumble matches, and it was Rhea Ripley who went from pillar to post. She ran the gauntlet from number one. She was the natural and obvious choice to win that Rumble, and no shock that she did. Triple H and the creative team going in the obvious direction. It works, and and it's a star-making performance for a woman who has been on the up for months. Sometimes it's the obvious direction because it's the right one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes because it's obvious doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, I didn't need a surprise here. I just needed the right call. And the right call was Rhea Ripley tearing through this rumble like she did. Um, yeah, again, a really enjoyable rumble. Probably my, except the first, probably my favourite women's rumble. I'd agree. I'd say. I'd agree. The first, one's, the first one's still the best for me. But this was very good. It was the best, definitely, definitely better than last year's. Um yeah, really good. Rhea is just so hot right now, isn't she? I sound like Magatu from um, Zoolander. <laughs> so hot right now. So hot right now. Uh, so hot right now. <laughs> God, that's an underrated Will Ferrell performance. Um, yeah, Rhea Ripley's brilliant. Um, come on, WWE. Just give poor Michelle McCool another run properly because she clearly wants it. She is... She is Miss Women's Rumble every it's year so without funny. fail. Every year she comes out, she's like the women's Brock Lesnar at the Rumble. She becomes Brock Lesnar when it's at the Rumble. She, and, and you just know, probably her husband, she is Mrs. Undertaker, he is Mr. Michelle McCool. He's probably going, really, this time, Michelle? She's like, you try and stop me. You try and also, stop me. She's like, Mark, do you want to talk about how long you carried on? <laughs> really? Really? This is one night a year. What, really? And, okay, and she's okay. great. She She's great in it. And, just on Rhea Ripley, and I think she's acknowledged this comparison. I don't think the comparisons to China are, are wrong. And China was probably just a little bit before both of our time to see her in her pomp. Mm. But I'm glad to see China getting her prop. She she certainly had struggles outside the ring, but inside the ring, she was different gravy. And you wonder, you know, the fancy booking we can never get. China in her pomp, Rhea Ripley in her pomp. Wow. Yeah, it, I, it, it's nice to see Rhea Ripley getting those um, comparisons and there, therefore subsequently the respect being put on China's name that she's being compared to. It's really nice to see, like I say, imagine those two wrestling each other. Um, I'd like to see Rhea destroy Charlotte at Mania, like almost a bit of a glorified squash. Yes. I yeah. think that's because I'm I'm very shocked we're not getting Rhea Bianca. I thought that's where we'd go. Yeah. But maybe maybe this is going to be a callback to the fact Charlotte beat Rhea, was it three years ago for the NXT title at Mania? Yeah, maybe it, they leaned, it, leaned it, it was the history. one with no crowd, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, I, I think we um, lean into that, and I think, yeah, I think Rhea should batter her in about six or seven minutes. Mm. We've never seen Charlotte Flair treated like that, have we? we but no. then I would feel almost... I think you're right. You say it, and yeah, I'm intrigued by that. But I almost think like 
that's your main event night one. If if you can put that, well, that on, that, yeah, that's, that's the, the other is thing, it? isn't it? You give them 20, 25 minutes and go, go on, ladies, show how good you are at wrestling. That's your other option and what a match it could be. So I think what I don't want is a middling 10-minute match that no. doesn't really... It's just a, just a cut-and-paste wrestling match. I want something that really stands up and you go, wow, that was incredible. Or, oh, my God, they, they squash Charlotte. Yeah. Squashing Charlotte is a good shout, actually. The more you say that, the more I, I almost like Rhea Ripley, like playing with her food. Just I can Cena Lesnar SummerSlam style. Yeah. I I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. Um, spooky scary Asuka's back, mm. <laughs> sort, of, sort of a demon clown. I quite like that. Yes, and what a cool mask she was wearing. Yes. Also, what was a really cool moment was the pop when she took the mask off. Like the fans understood what was happening. That was been a cool moment for her. Mm. Um, nice to see her back in her best sort of persona where she's yeah. just a bit crazy and a bit of a ass kicker. Yeah. Ask her, ass kicker. There's a joke there. Didn't realize I said it. Piper <laughs> um, Niven's got her name back, Jack. Thank the Lord. Thank the, and, and fair play to Dewdrop for, for persevering with it. But Triple H, I think has looked at that and gone, why, what, what are we doing? Let's just make her Piper Niven and good for her and good for her getting this moment in front of a big crowd like that. Yeah, great to see. Uh, obviously, a stalwart of the British wrestling scene for a long, long time. So nice to see her getting that moment, as you say. But nice again to see a women's rumble that wasn't loaded up with with surprises, wasn't loaded up with celebrities. Just a good, I sound really boring, a good, simple rumble in, in the very best sense of it. Now, I have a confession to make. I didn't even bother with the pitch black match. I didn't even bother with the women's match. I saw bits of the... yeah. Blackout match, and I heard that Uncle Howdy missed his spot, and I was like, "Oh, I've really enjoyed the three matches that I've watched." So yeah. I'm just going to see the results. I I did that, and and someone messaged me saying, "I know you've not seen all of it. Don't worry about the 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 Uncle Howdy." Bray Wyatt shenanigans, you're not missing anything. And, and Paul Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss will have mm. known their assignment was an absolute duffer from the moment they were given it. I also didn't realise it was called a blackout pitch black whatever match because it's the new Mountain Dew flavour. And that upset me a little bit. It's a weird one. And someone said on social media, and I don't know whether I agree with it or not, but it's certainly worth discussion. They, they said, I think Bray Wyatt is more of a sports entertainer than a wrestler. That actually he enjoys these sort of Firefly Funhouse cinematic matches more than the in-ring work. No, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know if that's true or not. But certainly, I can see the argument being that this is this is sort of his strength, and it just doesn't appeal to me. Maybe there's a place for it. Maybe we're being really harsh, but just for me, I, I it was literally skippable. Yeah, he hasn't really landed on his return for me mm. yet, Bray Wyatt. I think we've said this quite a bit. Um, hopefully, he does because he's fascinating when he's at his best. And I remember when we started our first incarnation of this show on our little channel island. It was at the start of The Fiend and we were hot on The Fiend yeah. and it was cool. It was exciting. So he's a man who has brilliant ideas and is actually a very, very good wrestler. He just never quite stuck with the right gimmick, has he? It's never really stuck for him. So where do you go with Bianca Belair and possibly with Becky Lynch, who are, who are sort of coming out of the Rumble and long way to go to WrestleMania, but you want to showcase them both. And I, I'm not certain I know the direction they're going in. Well, we've got the Elimination Chamber, haven't we? The Women's Chamber yep. to see who faces Bianca. Won't lie, at this moment in time, can't remember who's in it. I think there's four spots filled so far. Yeah, two more, can't two filled, yeah. Can't remember. So 
The obvious one is you go Becky Bianca. Where does Bailey go? I I I don't know actually. I'd be very interested to see what they do at that triple um, at that chamber match where they go at Mania. But right now, it's not the hottest ticket in town. That Raw Women's Title is it? No, it's re- it's really not, and I, and I don't know why because we've said before that the Raw Women's roster stacked loads of talent on it and and maybe it just needs maybe it just needs to come off Bianca for a bit maybe she's done all she can and she needs a little bit of a rest and and put it on someone else but but I mean I I'd sort of be tempted to to whack it on Asuka just because she she's hot and she's fresh and she feels a bit different yeah there's loads of options none of them strike you as the most obvious correct one but what what I'm learning, I think, with WWE at the moment is if you back them and give them time, they're getting it right more than they're getting it wrong. Yeah, and it's an it's an unusual position to be in after after a few years of WWE where that wasn't the case. Again, AEW takes a back seat to all the Rumble and the Bloodline goodness, but Dynamite featured Brian Danielson's continuing quest for a match with MJF as he took on a debuting Timothy Thatcher. John Moxley uh, and Adam, Adam Page battered each other for a third time, and there's probably a fourth coming up. And Darby Allen and Samoa Joe go to war for the TNT title in a no-holds-barred match. It's Samoa Joe who wins that. Um, looking through the highlights of Dynamite as I did, I made time to watch Hangman Page versus Moxley and Samoa Joe against Darby Allen. And when Darby Allen comes out in a hoodie with thumbtacks on, you just go, oh, okay, all right then, I know what we're getting. Yeah, it's one of those nights, is it, Darby? Okay, I see yeah. it. Um, the muscle buster off the top rope to the exposed wood. Where actually only Joe really hit the exposed wood. (laughs) Must have hurt so much. So much. Their spines must be going, what are we doing? Uh, It was a very good no-holds-barred match, wasn't it? And it just put some prestige on that title that two men are willing to go to war like that for it. It's very simple booking, isn't it? You want to raise the prestige of a title? Make two people fight really hard for it. Make it feel important. I just said last week, you knew Derby was going to have ideas of how he could brutalize himself and others and when he came out in that thumbtack covered hoodie you go yeah of course course he was why wasn't he going to do that and actually for me the most brutal spot was where the cannonball or dive through the ropes onto the table that busted joe open yeah he was bleeding like a pig like a stuck Mm. pig and of all Mm. the men i wouldn't want to annoy to put it mildly, Samoa Joe would be one. And I did think as I was watching it, how cool Samoa Joe is main eventing a national TV show in 2023, as he should be, because he's always been good enough. And his WWE run sort of stopped, started a little bit, and we never got to see that. And he is just as good, in my mind, as he ever was. Yes, agreed on all fronts. Uh, it seems that Moxley and Pay- Hangman Page's thing has become just having horrible fights. Yeah. That's their gimmick now. We're just going to fight each other. Uh, they did it again. I loved um, it. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It is ticking over, Dynamite. It's it's doing nicely, and they just are in a little bit of an unfortunate time where, where professional wrestling is focused on WWE, but don't sleep on AEW at the moment. They are doing an awful lot of things right. They're promoing the things through the show. We're focused on a few people. I guess my one criticism is, what is going on with the Elite? Like, I don't know. I don't understand, Jack. Why have we got Kenny Omega, who is one of the most compelling storytellers in New Japan with Will Ospreay, why is he playing basketball on a court with the Young Bucks and getting into it with Top Flight for the trio's title? Like, what what, what am I missing? Is it 
Is it just these guys have creative freedom because they're EVPs? Is there a, a, a bit of the fan base that loves it and it's just not for me? I'm willing to accept that might be it. But why is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks an afterthought on AEW Dynamite? Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Like you say, maybe the fan base who watch being the elite, all that, maybe this is for them. But sure. that, that's not me and I don't watch it. So I, I'm not understanding it. That doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it not for me at the moment. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it's it's an odd thing when the elite are skippable, but uh, I think we've got another big dynamite coming up next week. We've got uh, Roosh versus Brian Danielson. Roosh! Roosh! Um, what I, did, I don't know if this was a continuity thing, but they did do a weird thing on Dynamite where MJF got into it with um, Takeshita backstage and they had a big pull apart, and then afterwards he sort of emerged in a different shirt offering money to Roosh, and I was a little taken by surprise by that. Yeah, I missed the continuity there also. Yeah, but it didn't make much sense to me. But hey, didn't mind seeing MGF being physical though. No, and getting him in a match that was quite yeah, quite nice to see that. And also, my boys, Thatcher and Brian Danielson, had a really horrible, gruesome way. I'm going to bend your finger backwards match, and I enjoyed it. I, I thought somewhere Pete Dunn would have been watching that, going, "Yes, lads, this is this is almost exclusively for me." Um, one other thing that we need to know: Charlie and I aren't the biggest New Japan watchers, but we certainly know who Kota Ibushi is. He has left New Japan. He's a free agent. Could well end up in either AEW or WWE. Now, the smart money says there's money to be made with him in either company. So I, my only knowledge of Kota Ibushi is his run in the Cruiserweight Classic in 2016 where he was brilliant. And because of that, I found out who Kota Ibushi is and he's a big deal over in Japan. He is yes. Mr. Wrestling over there. I'd like to see him in WWE. That's where I'd like to see him. Probably because I watch more WWE than AEW. Yeah. I'm enjoying WWE more at the moment. And I think he could be a big deal there if dealt with correctly. Um, but like you said, there's money to be made on either. It seems like with their connections to Japan, AEW seems like the more logical place in land if he's coming to America, but it'd be yeah. very interesting to see. I think with Ibushi and Omega's connections as well that go back a long time, um, that is something to get your teeth into. But again, it's sort of directionless with the Bucks and, and Omega. So we shall wait and see. What is lovely is that no show is bad at the moment. You turn on either AEW or WWE, you're going to get great wrestling and great storyline. It is a good time to be a fan. It's also a good time to do everyone's favourite part of the pod, earning the push back to developmental. Something that everyone loves from everyday life that we give the push to, something we hate, which we send back to developmental first or second. I'll go first this week and try and redeem myself after the carnage of last week's Terrible. episode. Terrible. Um, so my earn the push this week, I have two. Okay. Um, my first one is my mum because she did in January 15,000 steps every day to raise money for MND. Oh, uh, that's MND amazing. Charities. Uh, and obviously MND is a horrible, horrible, horrible disease. Um, we had a very good friend of ours. We lost to MND uh, about... 15, 20 years ago now. Mm. And obviously recently, uh, Ed Slater, a good friend of mine being diagnosed with MND has hit us all quite hard. So my mum did 15,000 steps a day in January, which is not easy. That's a lot of steps, especially when one day she almost forgot and it got to nine o'clock and she'd done about four. So she had to just go and walk loads. What are we talking? What's, what's 1500 steps roughly? Is that sort of an hour's walking each day? No, 15,000 steps. I, when I walk, I do... I do 100 steps a minute. So if I want to do 15,000 steps, that's two and a half hours walking straight. Jeez. 15,000 steps. And I've got quite, yeah, I walk quite quickly. So it's a lot of walking. Yeah. So, so that big up my mum for that. I think she's raised a couple of hundred pounds. Off, so that's, that's massive. Play. So well done, Suze. 
Uh, and then my other one, yes. and I'm obsessed, is a, an air fryer. I got an air fryer this oh, week. Oh, no. They're just brilliant. Like I've got, I've got nothing funny to say about them. They're just, they're revolutionising how I cook. Like I did sausages in six minutes the other day. Six minutes. Yeah, the t- yeah, they're great. But doesn't everyone who doesn't have an air fryer know it? Because it's like, and I was that person. Yeah, yeah. And then my other half parents got us one for Christmas, and I didn't get it out till this week because <laughs> I was rebelling against it. And now I feel like an idiot. What was I doing? They're amazing. <laughs> I'm I, I'm I, I'm not confident, but I suspect back in our past, your back to developmental may have been an air fryer at some. point. It might have been, and I've come full circle. What's your best thing you do, Mon? Well, I haven't done much so far. Okay, won't lie. The sausages have blown my mind how quickly I can do them. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna do for my lunch today a ham and cheese toasty in one. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Try croissants. Oh, this is what my mum did. She did croissants in them. Oh, okay. So if you I want a nice classy it. breakfast, yeah, uh, it's classy. Uh, so do you have a back to developmental as well, or are you all positive? No, with- I do have back to developmental, and as much as I love the shop and I love their meatballs, I have been building IKEA furniture this week, and it's just, oh, oh, it's tough. It's a struggle. It's hard work. Yeah, and I've got fingers and thumbs that are too big. <laughs> and why would you do? Why? Why? What, why would you do instructions and not put any words in them? Why have you got just yeah. pictures? So it can be international, um, I guess, but it doesn't yeah, help yes, us. I, yeah, get, yeah. Yeah. I know Your you get it. Your brain yeah, yeah, telling yeah. me it. Yeah, yeah. No, I want, so yeah, it's, and I just get, it hurts. Like I jam my thumb in things. And, oh, it just, it, I, oh. So I love Ikea. When it's done, it's going to be lovely. We've got lots of Ikea furniture and it's yep. affordable and it looks better than what you pay for it you pay a couple hundred quid it looks really really good it does and I, I like ikea i think it's a great shop i love what they do and their meatballs but the actual time spent building their furniture drives me mad and i don't think this will come as news to ikea so i think we're probably fine no, no, I, think, I think i think they're, they're happy with this i don't think they're gonna go whoa <laughs> there's a guy in sweden this. going hold hold on hold on what our flat pack furniture ours i do you know what? i am um, i once got a bed from uh, Argos, and much like you, Argos is a lifesaver, and I think it's yeah. great. And it was there, and it had the instructions, and it said, uh, so you screw, you know, A into B, and we couldn't find, for love nor money, couldn't find the screws anywhere. Um, had to phone Argos, say, I don't think they've delivered it with us, and this poor woman on the other end sighed, she went, yeah, we don't know why we've done this. Unzip the back of the bed. And we're like, what? <laughs> what? what? There's a zip. And she's like, unzip it. And there's a special pouch in there with all of it. And she's like, you are the ninth person to call me today with this. So any flat pack, things like that, I think people are with mm. you. Yes. I am going to give the push to February. Because okay. thank the Lord that January is over. It was long. It was blah. Just, just yeah. I'm, I'm not a big January person. I'm just glad we're, we're, we're at the end of it. February is just, it feels like spring is on the way, some colour coming through in the garden, so February is earning the push. Back to developmental for me, and I'm going to say the brand name, but I don't mean the brand name. You'll know what this is. Any sort of under-armour, under-training... Oh, thermal, base layer thermal. Base layers, there we go. There Any go. sort of base layer stuff like that. Not because it doesn't do a tremendous job of keeping you warm when you're exercising, but there is nothing less sexy or less... Fun. Oh, they're very unflattering. Well, and to very try and get off at the end, yes. like yes, I was trying to. I, I'm, I'm wondering what I'm, I'm wondering what 
can't tell you using get off in there actually. <laughs> well, there's um, money to be made there, I'm yes, sure. There is. Oh, they are. Yeah, they're very unflattering, very annoying, aren't they? I I first experienced it when I was um, a late call up to Five Aside, and I needed to go and buy some kicks. I didn't have any with me, and I thought, oh, this is just a t-shirt. Till I put it on and realised it was a base layer, and now it's quite useful. But to try and get the base layer top off, you just feel miserable doing it. Mm. I mean, do you have to wear so, them? So I wear your Bobby Lashley yeah, so, shorts. I know. Yeah, um, no, I don't wear Bobby Lashley. I actually wear um, Amptil Amptil branded budgie smugglers like speedos under my shorts. Um, <laughs> You've gone corporate. There you go. There's there's some there's some detail for you. So for training, I'll wear them. Yeah. Um, long sleeve ones and then in a game I wear a I wear a vest under my shirt purely because I get stood on a lot and actually when you don't have one them underneath I just get I'm covered in scars yeah so I was like I'm gonna try and not because covered in scars uh, it hasn't really worked yeah. um but the ones that are the best at their job but the hardest to get on and off are um compression leggings so they're for recovery so they compress your muscles but they are so tight I cannot tell you. And once they're on, they're very comfy. Yeah. Getting them on takes at least seven minutes. Can I give you a little tip from uh, my Cornish wetsuit days? A little bit of talc, mm-hmm. a little bit of talcum powder. Oh, okay. Just help okay. slide on a dream. Okay. So, yeah, they are brilliant. But Although are, I don't want any of your teammates to come into the changing room and see you talking up your thighs and just going, just for my compression leggings. It's just for, just for Jack says it's fine. But it's, it's a tip from Jack, lads. Yeah, yeah, you know, renowned athlete Jack Burley yes. says, talc up your legs. So, uh, well, I think that we are agreed on that one then. Uh, look, before we go, and please remember to keep rating, reviewing, subscribing, share the love. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Before we go, what happens on SmackDown tonight? Sami Zayn is a man on a mission. What is our final shot coming out of SmackDown? Oh, I don't know. It's exciting. I honestly... Because that was the thing. They didn't even touch it on Raw, did they? Nope. So I really, I thought they would. I honestly don't know what we're going to get. I think we're going to get an unhinged Roman threatening to kill Sami Zayn in Montreal. That's what I, Mm. I think we see Roman chase Sami now. Sami didn't want to fight Roman. He had no choice. Roman wants Sammy now. That's what I think. We shall see next week when we get together. Until then, you know all the ways to support this podcast. On behalf of Charlie and myself, thank you for listening, but we are out of time. We'll see you next time. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>